Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Lori Cartman. Lori Cartman is a seasoned, multi-award-winning management consultant and former attorney specializing in multi-unit business development and professional coaching and training. She is also currently a CEO of Lori Cartman & Company, a full-service firm providing all the services a growing brand needs. She's also head coach at Coach Lori, an executive coaching firm. Lori also founded the wildly successful Zing Moolery franchise, for which she garnered several prestigious marketing and branding awards, including the Pinnacle Award from the Ontario Advertising Association and the Canadian Franchise Association for Outstanding Overall Corporate Image. And we're going to talk to Lori about that in just a moment on Franchise Institute. Stick around because we have a great show. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat franchise opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat franchise opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews, Franchise Interviews. Hi, 
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs a one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Lori Cartman, and Lori Cartman is a seasoned, multi-award-winning management consultant and also former attorney, specializing in multi-unit business development and professional coaching and training. Hi, Lori. How are you? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm fantastic, and I'm very happy to be here. That's fantastic. I'm great to have you. I'm so high now, so it's great to yes. finally have the chance to talk to you. It's, it's, real, it's a real privilege. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Lori? I am calling from Montreal in Quebec, Canada. I've been uh, living here all my life, so this is where this is where I am based. I work all over the country and, and internationally, but I'm based out of Montreal. That's beautiful. My nephew was just there last week for the first time, and uh, he said it was beautiful there, Lori. So, you know, when I was reading about your background several months ago, Lori, and I was very impressed. And maybe you could tell our, our listeners, you know, a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, what you do, and maybe how you do it. Okay. Um, I have a management consulting firm, and mm-hmm. my firm is a full-service firm to growing businesses um, and to uh, individuals who are looking to buy franchises. So I work with um, franchisors on marketing, sales, operations, uh, recruiting, finding franchisees, uh, legal affairs, whatever services really that it is that they need. And I actually started out um, my career um, as a tax attorney. And I mm. did that for about seven years, and then I went and I was in-house counsel for a company that owned several franchise brands. And so I was with them for 10 years as the director of legal affairs and franchise development, and I got a lot of experience in a whole variety of aspects of franchising. I then took that experience, and with a partner, we co-founded a chain of franchise restaurants. It was called Zing Noodlery, and uh, fortunately for us, um, you know, it was very well received. It was extremely successful, and uh, within about five years, we were approached by someone who wanted to buy the company, and so we subsequently sold. And at that time, I decided to open up my own practice, given that I'd had this a really varied skill set, so I decided to open up my own practice and to help franchisors grow and to help uh, franchisees or prospective franchisees find the right opportunities for them. That's fantastic, Lori. It's it you know it's it, it's a great service because as you know, Lori, you know we've been doing the show now twelve years, and um, you know one of the things that we found in doing the show such a long time now is it's it's not easy to buy a franchise, is it? I mean, there's so much out there, even even in Canada. I mean, you have so many choices up in the Canadian market. In the U.S., I think we're up to about, I, I think it's like I've heard like 3,500 to 4,000 different types of yeah, systems yeah, here in the U.S. It, yeah. it, there's a lot yeah, to in the U.S., from, so. there's actually 4,000. Is it really? Okay, so so we are correct in yeah. our numbers, you know, and, and that's a, that's a yep. lot of choices. So we find that, you know, a lot of our listeners, they say, okay, you know, we want to get into franchising, but when they start the whole process, it, it seems a bit confusing to them. They're like, okay, well, where do I begin and, and what do I do? And, and, and I think a lot of them sometimes give up because they're, they're, they're so overwhelmed. What, what, what do you like most about franchising, Lori? 
What I really like best about it is that it's a business model, and I've really had the pleasure of seeing hundreds of people um, be able to enjoy the benefits of self-employment and the self-confidence and esteem that comes with owning your own business, and Mm -hmm. yet you don't have to have business experience. You do not have to have any experience in in the industry of the franchise that you're interested in, so if it's restaurants, for example, you don't have to have any right. have to have any restaurant experience. I mean, right. as we'll, you know, we'll talk about there's a variety of skills that you acquire during right. life that you know will serve you well as a franchisee. But when I'm when someone comes to me and they say, you know, I want to buy a franchise, and the first thing I ask them about is what are their passions, because. Mm-hmm. If you're passionate about something, uh, there's a franchise for everything out there. So whatever you're mm-hmm. passionate about, there's a franchise for you. And if you choose something you're, that you're passionate about, you, will, you won't feel like you're working hard. You'll really enjoy what you right. do going to work day to day. And that's what's ultimately going to make you successful. Yeah, I agree. I think that's been a common theme in our show too, Lori, over the last 12 years, you know, is to find something you're passionate about. And it's it's been amazing because I know you've been involved in franchising quite a long time now. What what amazes me the most, Lori, is that, you know, the number of industries that, that take on franchising as, as a model of distribution, you know, I mean, it just seems like there's so many more choices today or so many more industries franchising than maybe if you go back like 15 years ago, you know, I mean, it seems like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So there's a lot more choices. So it does, as you said, it seems like there's something really for everyone out there today, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are more choices because, um, you know, initially franchising was for like brick and mortar, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, stores and retail locations. And that was, you know, sort of what it was used for initially. But over the past 10 years, it's really evolved because there are a tremendous amount of service franchises and home-based franchises. Um, And so it's allowed, you know, there's a greater variety and at lower price points. And so it's allowed a lot of people uh, to get into business that otherwise would not have been able to. That's terrific. You wrote uh, a great article a couple of years ago, Lori, that um, we're going to share with all of our listeners and followers. Um, It's called Transferring Corporate Skills into Franchise uh, or Other Business Success. And I I, I thought that was a great article. And and you kind of start off the article talking about the application form, which is something, you know, we really haven't spent a lot of time talking in 12 years on our show. I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that because I thought you had some great advice as far as, you know, what does the application form tell a franchisor. Sure, sure. Well, the application form is where everything starts. Mm-hmm. So, um, in order for a franchisor to consider you as a potential prospect, you need to complete their application form. And the form is actually very detailed. It asks for a lot of, you know, personal information, financial information, banking, right. employment. Um, but the franchisors don't call your references uh, or your, you know, for your finances, your employment. They don't do that till much further down the line. Um, right. Initially, the application form tells the franchisor a lot about the prospect, so because it covers their employment, financial, mm-hmm. and their personal history. So it helps a franchisor to be able to qualify the franchisee to see if they have the skill set, the knowledge or the skill set that would be required to be a successful franchisee. And and what I tell people, they say, well, you know, there's a lot of, you know, confidential information that they want. And mm-hmm. I say, yes, but you must fill out the form completely honestly, 
because it's right. in your interest to do so. You know, if you lie on this form, you end up getting a franchise because you lied on the form, um, right. and you were, uh, let's say, a candidate that the franchise or had they known would not have accepted you. Chances are you're not going to be very successful in your business. Right. So right. it's really important, especially the financial information. It's really important to make sure that you fill out the form accurately, and and all the information is extremely confidential. The franchisor doesn't share it with anyone, and if your application is not approved, then it gets destroyed. So it's really, right. as I say, you, you really have to fill out that form. And it's, as you said, be honest as possible because it is a match, and, and, and if it's not a match, it could be a de- disaster for both parties, right, Lori, the franchisor and the franchisee. Yeah, yeah it's like being That's on a dating site, you know. <clears throat> you know, sure. you want to match yourself with someone who has, you know, the same interests and qualities right. and things as yourself, right? And so that's what the franchisor is looking for. That's a great analogy. I like how you spoke um, or wrote about in the article too, Lori. You know, you talked about ten categories of transferable skills, and, and I thought that was really important. Maybe, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. You know, um, the beauty of franchising is that you don't have to have any expertise in the nature or in the industry of the franchise. Mm-hmm. A franchise, by definition, it can be replicated by anybody. You know, like we like to say, like a, you know, a monkey has to be able to do it. And so, <laughs> so by nature, um, you know, a franchise, you know, has all of these things built in, um, and we can train you on that. But there's a lot of what we call soft skills. And these mm-hmm. are skills that uh, someone would have acquired in their private life, their corporate life, uh, you know, in their person, in their family, personal development, in their, you know, whatever they were employed. And this is a set of skills that can easily be transferred, and and skills that franchisors look for um, when right. they are evaluating an applicant. So the you know the first you know and the most important things on the list are basically you know the organizational mm. and uh supervisory skills so right you have to be able to multitask manage projects and deadlines and meetings and the only way to do that is to be organized and and whether or not you're organized sure. is sort of something that's innate Sure. So franchisees, you know, the franchisors create all these systems for you, which is beautiful. You just follow all the systems. But, you know, you have to be able to manage, you know, your finances and your marketing and your right. customers and your employees. So you really need to have organizational skills. And supervisory skills are important because you have to be able to properly supervise and manage and motivate a team of others. Right. And if you so so what are what the application will tell me is whether or not they've held any positions where they've been in charge of other people. So that's mm-hmm. something that's very important that will show right. on the application. Right. Interpersonal skills is something that we cannot teach. You know, nobody can teach you that. Again, sure. that's something that's innate. So right. either you know how to deal with an irate customer or you don't. And right. that's not something that we can teach you, you know. So, right. you know, it, you know, and and it it's really important because you can keep or lose a customer based on you know what your what your interpersonal skills are like. So these are things that we really actively look for uh, in a candidate before we qualify them. And that's something that I guess you determine, you know, when you're meeting with somebody, Laura, you know, from all your years of experience. I mean, you could pretty much tell if someone has interpersonal skills or if they don't have them, can't you? Absolutely. And, you know, the step after the uh, application form is usually an interview, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. depending on where you are, it's either done over, um, you know, over Zoom, like, you know, like a, a webinar kind of platform, uh, or it's done in person. 
and you meet with the usually with the franchise director usually meet the director of operations and perhaps the ceo of the company he may come in later um and so you know they can tell just by interviewing you what kind of interpersonal skills that you have you also spoke about uh, entrepreneurial skills Yeah, you know, there's a real difference between people who are what we call entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs are generally the people who are the franchisor. They have ideas, they have visions, they're always seeing new opportunities, they always want to implement things and experiment and try things out. And people who are true, true entrepreneurs do not make good franchisees. What we look for in a franchisee is called an intrapreneur, and that's yeah. someone who has knowledge and skills, has ideas to bring to the table, has suggestions for the franchisor on new products or you know development or marketing. And so, franchisors are looking for people who have and want to make contributions, but understand that you're restricted by the system, so that you cannot right. just go and decide that you want to serve tacos. Uh, and just go and serve tacos. You need to get permission from the franchisor before. So um, we look for people who are willing to take initiative, but at the same time have respect for the system and that they're going to you know, actually follow the rules and procedures of the system. Can you tell, Lori, when you're meeting with somebody, you know, because I, I, I do suspect sometimes that there are some people that want to get into franchising, and I get the impression sometimes that they do want to change the system to some extent. Um, you know, and I've always felt that, you know, fran- a franchisee is an entrepreneur in the sense that I guess, you know, they are taking a risk. You know, there's always that risk element yeah. involved there. But as you said, you know, you can't really compare them to the franchise or the person who created the concept. But, I mean, can you tell when meeting with them, too, that, you know, sometimes they might be a little bit too entrepreneurial um, and this might not be a match for them? Yeah, I can usually tell when I meet people by the questions that they ask. And so people who are really these true entrepreneurs are going to ask, you know, do I have to follow the system? Am I allowed to choose my own (laughs) suppliers? Can I, you know, can I introduce my own products? You know, in my neighborhood, I find out they really like tacos. Can I introduce tacos? So these are the people who I know right away are not going to be able to stick within the confines of the system. I see. That's interesting. You also spoke about that. Respect for the system, which is really important, isn't it, Lori? Yeah, you know, the number one rule for franchise success, it's really very simple. There's only one rule. Follow the system. When you buy a franchise, you're buying it because of the fact that it's a system. That in franchising, the tagline is that you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Right. And, And inevitably, franchisees after a period of six months or a year, they figure out or they decide that they could do something cheaper, better, faster, more efficiently, whatever, than the franchisor's Mm -hmm. designated rules. And so they start to stop following the system. And they start to make changes and they start to cut corners. And the day that a franchisee stops following the system is the day Mm -hmm. that their financial results are going to start to plummet. And they forget that they bought it because it was a system. So, you know, the franchisees who are most successful are those who know how to stay inside and work within the system. We had um, many years ago, Lori, we had uh, one of the most successful franchisees to – it was a franchise called uh, Liberty Tax, big here in Mm -hmm. the United States. And um, Yeah, very familiar with it. Yeah, their their number one franchisee came on the show, and um, we asked them, we said, okay, well, how did you become the number one franchisee out of like 2,000, 3,000 different franchisees? And, and he said what you just said. He, he goes, I just did what they told me to do. 
that's it. Um, yep. <laughs> he became the number one franchisee. And it just, it made such an impression, you know, saying that, you know, this gentleman had no experience really in this particular industry, but he just did what they told him to do. And that's how he became, it was, he made it sound so simple, you know, but he really did everything. He followed the system to a T. You know, if they said, you know, write in, in red ink, he wrote in red ink, you know, he, he, Followed exactly to a T, and 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 that's really what we're talking about here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You really, you know, franchisors when they create a system um, or they put rules or procedures into place, they are meant mm. to work for everybody. And sometimes yeah. the rules or the procedures work better for others. Um, you know, sure. work better for some than for others. But to the extent that you're following the system, you know, when I get. Uh, franchisees who come to me and they want to make a claim against the franchisor because they're not making the money they thought they would make mm-hmm. or because they're mm-hmm. not getting the support they thought what they would get. And the first thing I ask them is, are you following the system? Mm-hmm. And are you following it to a T? Because if you're not following the system, don't come to me and tell me that right. there's something wrong with the franchisor. Like, first follow the system. And if you're following the system and you're still having these problems, well, then that's something it needs to look into. But, you know, the first thing the franchisor will, would tell me is, well, you know, he defaulted on this and he's not using approved product and he's closing two hours earlier than everybody else. And so, you know, usually the franchisor has to first, the franchisee, sorry, first has to look at their own actions. That's great. What else was on the list, Lori? Um, well, there's leadership and team building skills, which is, you know, part of what we talked about in terms of having sure. the supervisory skills. You need to be able, you know, you're going to have a staff. So you have right. to be able to manage your team in a way that's respectful and motivating and in a way where the staff wants to perform well for you because you're your your human capital is your most important asset. And if you take care of your employees, they will take care of you because they will take good care of your customers. So yeah. that's also something that we look for. And we often see <clears throat> that people who have these kinds of skills have also done some kind of community service. So yes. we like people that have done things in the community because – in franchising, the franchisor's responsibility in terms of generating brand awareness is very high level. So it generates brand awareness for the brand, for everybody. But franchisees have a marketing responsibility to market in their mm-hmm. local trade area. Um, and so those who have been involved in community are generally very good franchisees because they know how right. important it is to be involved in the community. They understand that the community supports the local merchants, um, you know, and that they like to you know, they like to buy um, from businesses that they, you know, from people that they know and trust. And so that's through having built, you know, community service time. I noticed, Lori, that's a lot more important. It seems like, again, you know, we started the show 12 years ago, but it seems more important today, you know, as as we do these interviews that, you know, community service is is important. It seems like almost all uh, franchisors today is, you know, they want their franchisees involved in the community, you know, and it, it seems like that's an important aspect of the business. So I, I've noticed that it seems a little bit more important today over the last five years, maybe, than maybe it was maybe 15 years ago, you know, and, 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 and I get that, you know, I, I, I think that's the community service is really important, giving back to the community and um, being able to have that personality to do that as well, right? I mean, you have to have that type of personality to get involved in the community, don't you? Right, and there you go. We're you're evaluating interpersonal skills again, right? Right. But right. Um, you know, being a good corporate citizen is the most highly rated way to generate sales for your business. And you're That's right true. in that over the past years, you know, the past few years, 
um, that it's become more and more important because I think there's there's just a general um, awareness amongst population about getting involved in the community and you know and we've had all these you know you don't have to do anything big you can just donate an hour of your time and so people um, you know are becoming more and more aware of the necessity of giving back to their community. It's fantastic. You also talk about the significance of uh, financial results and reporting. Lori, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we look for someone now. This is, you know, ideally we want someone who has had some kind of responsibility for financial results and that they've had mm-hmm. to report them. So they've had to make a budget, uh, you know, and live within the right. budget. They've had to create uh, marketing plans with figures attached to it. Um, you know, they need to be able to, um, you know, they, they have to report various sales figures to the franchisor on a weekly or monthly and annual basis. And so typically, I tell franchisees to hire a bookkeeper or an accountant and mm-hmm. not to do it themselves because right. even though it may be something you can do yourself, it's incredibly time-consuming, and you should be sure. spending that time really working on marketing and, and be, you know, being in front of the customers. But understanding and managing the financial results of a business is something that you know, we can teach uh, more than anything mm-hmm. else. Because right. we train on, you know, on how to sell properly and how to price properly. And so, you know, so the, the, by the nature of the training itself, you're going to be learning um, about, you know, financial responsibility. But again, you know, it, you really should be hiring a bookkeeper who would actually take care of doing all of the detail work for you. That's terrific. And it's so important. I like how you also talk about personal development. I thought that was an interesting one, Lori. Yeah, personal development, you know, when you look at a, at a, at a application and you see that people have, you know, taken these courses over a year, then it mm-hmm. means that they're willing to learn, that they're open and they're willing to learn and that they, you know, it's a positive quality. Um, you know, it allows them to keep current with their, you know, business policies and procedures. Um, you know, they'll, they're most likely keep up with what's going on in their industry and do research in their industry or get involved in committees in the industry. So um, someone who is interested in personal development is going to be someone who is going to, you know, someone who most likely will have a lot to contribute to the system and be able to grow with the system. So that's, that's really why we look for that. And we also look at their family and their life responsibility. Um, You know, although, you know, it sounds uh, prejudiced in some way, but, Mm -hmm. you know, by having, if a a candidate has a family and they have dependents, they're viewed as being more responsible and, you know, and stable and more likely to work hard, you know, to achieve the financial rewards. So the more personal responsibilities that they have, um, you know, uh, shows that they're, you know, more likely to follow the rules and the procedures and develop, you know, a sustaining business. Yeah, I thought that made a lot of sense when you, you spoke about, um, you know, family responsibility. That that, that did <clears throat> really hit home, Lori. Uh, you know, and we were talking about openness to learning. I mean, that is so important as well. I, I think that might be hard sometimes for, I would say maybe older franchisees, but, you know, I mean, where, where they come from a place where, you know, they were always, they didn't have to learn anymore. And I think in today's world, you really do have to have an openness to learning because there's so much out there you can learn. We have um, a community college not that far from here, and they offer like it's like three thousand different courses on personal development, anything you know, from marketing to social media to public speaking, all, all of those things. But um, mm-hmm. that does make a lot of sense. That would be a, a good quality or trait for for a prospective franchisee, wouldn't it? Absolutely, 
you know, and that's why I always say, you know, the more that someone wants to better themselves personally, the mm-hmm. more likely they are to be successful in business because they're going to ask the right questions, they're going to research, they're going to, you know, look into things for themselves. Uh, and, you know, and that, that's what makes a good entrepreneur um, right. or intrapreneur, rather, um, sure. you know, in a franchise model. That's great. What other advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise lawyer? You mentioned, you know, the significance of passion, which of course I think is very important because that's what will make you successful and you'll enjoy working and it won't become work anymore. But is there anything else from, you know, all your years of experience that that you would mention to our listeners as far as helping them get started in, in this whole process? Well, like I said, and, you know, and as you've just mentioned, that, you know, passion is the number one thing. So when yeah. someone comes to me and they say, I'm looking to buy a franchise, what I do with them is <clears throat> go through a whole, you know, questionnaire and an intake form and really try to learn about them and their personality and their hobbies because – Usually, if you have a hobby that's something you enjoy, and quite often there's actually a franchise for that hobby. So if you're a gardener, you can buy a gardening franchise. You know, right. if you're an artist, you can buy an art franchise. That's so true. I really believe that the most important thing is to find an industry in which you're passionate. Because people who are franchisees or who want to buy franchises are the luckiest people in the world. Mm. They actually are getting to pick what they're going to do every day who they're right. going to do it with. And the one thing I tell people, and I, and I really mean this, is that if during the course you're evaluating a franchise opportunity, and during the course of that there's something in there that doesn't sit well with you, whether mm-hmm. it's the numbers, whether it's you know the operations people, because that's who you're going to be working with day to day, sometimes there's just something in your gut that says, you know, there's something that's not right about this, and I tell right. them, walk away. Your gut is always right. There are 4,000 different franchises. So, you know, don't fall in love with the merchandise. You know, I tell people to imagine that they're investing someone else's money, that someone else came to them and said, buy me a franchise. And so when you, you take out the personal aspect, then they become much more objective about looking at it as a business opportunity, and that it's really something that you need to look at and evaluate in a vacuum. So that's, you know, generally what I tell people. That's terrific. What's the best way for our listeners, Lori, to get more information on your services? Are there any websites that you would like them to go to to check out more information? Again, we're going to send out the article, um, but any websites that we can direct them to? Yep. You, I have a website, which is lauricartman.com, which is, and that's spelled L-O-R-I-K-A-R-P-M-A-N. So it's lauricartman.com. Uh, they can reach me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, um, or alternative, they can just phone me directly, and my number is 514-481-2722, so they can just call me directly, and if anybody is looking to buy a franchise or expand their franchise, I would absolutely love to hear from them. Um, tell them to mention that they uh, got to me from your program so that we can put together a special offer. That's fantastic. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you, Lori. And, you know, I'd already like to invite you back over the next year or so and, and, and continue our conversation because um, I, I think you really have a lot to offer to prospective franchisees. And uh, it's been a privilege for me to finally get to talk to you. Oh, well, thank you. I would love to be back. Um, you know, as many times as you want to have me, I would love to be back. So please, anytime. That's terrific. Thanks again, Lori. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. 